Well, hello, listener. Welcome back to the See the Sights podcast. Um, eventually, I'm going to stop introducing myself, but I am Dan, and I, um, yeah, I think, what are we on, four, four or five here? I, yeah, I haven't even paid attention to what the count is. So today, um, well, let's see, a couple episodes ago, I brought up uh, the fact that my mother had passed away when I was a young child. I was about five and a half. In fact, let's see, my birthday is in the middle of February, end of February. My mother passed away September 15th. I had turned five, so yeah, about five and a half years old. And um, <clears throat> yeah, my uh, my dad went to being a single father, at least to me. Uh, my mother was pregnant. Um, some complications happened and... Uh, the the baby and my mother were were lost so uh, kind of a dark part of that it was actually my father's birthday when my mother passed away so uh, pretty rough and uh, September 15th is a pretty significant date in our family as it was also my grandfather's birthday and my father's birthday and it is my younger sister my half sister's birthday um, so <laughs> September 15th is, is a rough time. However, it is a celebratory time. I don't know. There's a duality to it. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. But, uh, and I, I'm not trying to harp on the fact that happened. It just, it, I'm remembering that my dad was doing his best to run his businesses. Now, of course, that year following, uh, he went into a deep depression. He drank for pretty much a year straight uh i i'm gonna say he 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 stopped running almost all of his businesses except for rental houses that he had and the bar that he owned he had gotten rid of his used car lot and uh an ice business that he had um back in those days they delivered ice to bars it was this building that ice was made and they would bag it up and deliver it to to different uh, places for ice uh, anyway getting sidetracked here he was doing his best to raise this you know five and a half six and a half year old boy i i have two older brothers from my dad's previous marriage they're 11 and 10 years older than me and i went to go stay with my dad's first wife quite a bit uh my my brother's my older brother's mom, my, and that sounds strange to a lot of people, I'm sure, but my mother and my dad's first wife were actually pretty good friends. My my dad's first wife and him, they, they weren't married for very long. They, you know, in fact, I think they were getting divorced when my, when, when my younger older brother was barely I don't, I don't even know if he was one years old yet, but, uh, but anyway, it, it, they just weren't meant to be together. And so, so whatever the point is, is dad was trying to, he was, he was having to hand me off to a lot of people. And one of those people was a friend of his named Ray and Ray had a, well, all I can remember, he probably did other things. Dad seemed to have friends who did a lot of different things but one thing I remember Ray had was a tree business so like he had this big truck and it looked like a almost like a big cone on the back but that cone would break off into these points and it could 
wrap around a living tree, like a full-size tree, and pluck it out of the ground, and then he would drive that tree and replant it somewhere. People would, like, purchase trees. So Ray had a tree planting business, and Ray had a son named Jason, who was, I want to say Jason was maybe a year older than me, could be two years. We were, we were pretty similar in age. And they lived way out north of town. Like It, it took, like... 25 minutes probably to drive to their house and he had a nice stretch of land i'll bet nowadays thinking of it i I, I bet he probably had four acres but it was like they were long acres he had a big long driveway that went up to his house and then behind that it it was probably 75 percent more of his land that went straight back to this little pond out in the back and he had all kinds of toys for Jason. And my favorite thing that Jason had was a go-kart. And I was there in the winter. They had a snowmobile. Uh, I remember Jason had a Pong game, which was... And this wasn't attached to the TV. This was... It looked like kind of like a... Remember when Apple made those computers, the, the, the iMac computers that were all colorful and it was all enclosed in one little kind of round, nerfy looking box and it wasn't even a flat panel screen. Anyway, point is, it was like there were actual moving parts inside there and you turn these dials on each side and, and the little light would like bounce around. And so we, we played Pong with that. He just, he just had so many toys that a big basement that they, that uh, was just a, a playroom for, for Jason to play in. And uh, that had like a walkout onto a back, like lower patio under their deck. And, and just that this really nice house way out in the country and I just remember thinking that that Ray was like, you know, he was a he was a millionaire. This guy was so rich because they had this big house and Jason had all these toys. And <clears throat> I remember noticing that they had two vacuums. They had a vacuum upstairs and they had a vacuum downstairs. And I thought that that was just the epitome of, of wealth. It was, it was, it was, it was amazing going to stay at Ray's house. They, they treated me like, almost like I was one of their kids. Uh, well, I mean, I think they had an older daughter that was already out of the house, but, but they treated me really great. And it was, it was awesome. Uh, now my mom was someone who of course, you know, was very housewife and, and did what was needed kind of thing. But I had been spending time with my dad, who was doing his best to get around. I, was, I mean, I was five and a half and six years old, and I was getting myself something to eat for breakfast, you know, um, pouring a glass of, of orange juice and maybe making a piece of toast or having a piece of cheese or something. And that uh, dad was usually gone <laughs> when I got up. But I remember going to their house, and Jason's mom would make breakfast and it was, we would sit at the dining room table and she would, I, I, I remember it was a pancake she was making and she said, it's going to be ready in two shakes. And I remember wondering, what does that mean? Two shakes. And I asked, what does that mean? Two shakes. And Jason said, it means this. And he picked up the salt shaker and he, and he shook it and he shook it. And, and she said, yep, your pancake's done. And she brought it over. And I thought that was magical. You know, it was awesome to just to have this kind of normal family. But they were, to me, like I said, they just seemed, they seemed rich. And it's, 
it's strange looking back at that perspective that I had that that has changed as I've gotten older that that I've learned what what actual wealth was the, the 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 thing that I loved the most probably was not so much all of the stuff it was the sense of family that was there that normalcy the kind of schedule that went on that you know we got up at that time and we had breakfast and then it was time for us to go play and then it was time to make sure we came in for lunch and she would come out and say it's lunchtime you know and it was just this kind of epitome of i don't know what the nuclear family but uh yeah you know we lived in a a trailer home we lived in a, in a mobile home and we lived on the not so nice part of town um uh, now i guess you could refer to it as kind of the white trash part of town uh we were in not even a nice trailer park that it wasn't paved it was gravel and i i want to say there were maybe six mobile homes five or six mobile homes just along one side of this kind of dra- gravel parking lot and then on the other there was a street on one end and on the the other end of that was a gravel alleyway and there were like four mobile homes that faced along that other direction along that alleyway and they weren't nice it was a terrible place nobody really mowed their lawns or anything and uh, it was i mean we were half a block off of where the train tracks went by and yeah it was just it was it was not a nice part of town they were not trailers in fact most of the trailers didn't even have skirts on them you know you could crawl underneath and be under the wheels and stuff and I remember the dad had friends that also lived in other mobile home parks, trailer parks around town that we'd, you know, go visit a friend of his. And I remember some of them had double wides. It was still a trailer home, but it was a double wide trailer. And I thought, oh, wow, it must be so nice for these people who are so rich that have these double wide trailers. <laughs> they, they lived in mobile home parks that, that had a swimming pool that, you know, you could go down and, and, and I don't know. It was, it's just crazy. The older we get or how our life changes and how our perspective can change and how we can realize that oh wow what was i thinking then how how was i so wrong about what maybe that wealth was and i guess that's maybe true in this special needs world also is that you're you're really naive you're naive to what to what special needs life is until you are living it. I mean, you know, I think before I was a part of a special needs family, before I was a special needs dad, I probably had some other perception about special needs family that something that was wrong. I mean, and, and it wasn't that I was a bad person and I thought bad about special needs families or people with special needs. It was just that, I didn't know any better. I didn't know what that life was. There was there was probably some part of me that thought, well, you know, only certain kind of people, uh, certain kind of people have special needs children. Maybe, you know, it's only poor people or it's, uh, I don't know. You know, what, whatever that is, I, I, it's hard for me to even remember what that, that thought was. But I have to remember that other people don't, no, that don't live in this life, that, that 
they they don't and that maybe they can't know what this is. Sometimes we're out in public and a, a statement is made and and it's people don't mean to say it. What is it? What is one that you hear probably often if you're a special needs family? I'm, I'm sure you've heard this one, which is, well, for Hudson, for example, it's, you know, hey, uh, what's what's wrong with your daughter? <laughs> Boy, that one used to sting. I mean, that one used to dig deep. Until I started changing my perspective, until until I started realizing these people aren't trying to say the wrong thing. They don't know the right thing to say. And so is it really the wrong thing to say? They're, they're just trying to ask. They're, they're being curious and they just, they're clumsy. They're naive again. And so I do my best not to be rude about it. And I say, you know, hey, there's nothing actually wrong with her. Um... She has, she's just different. She has a different diagnosis. It's when, and I explain, Hey, no, you know, no offense. I know maybe you didn't mean to, but, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. She's perfect. Uh, she's just different in her way. And then I tell them, you know, what her diagnosis is, and I explain and I let them know. And, and a lot of times, of course, almost every time they're, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't really mean to and I, look, I get it. I know you didn't mean to no big deal. Because I was that person before. I probably would have made that mistake in saying, what's wrong with your kid? And you know what? So what? That Why are we putting that on somebody else? Why are we not realizing that we've gone through a transform- transformation? That, that it, is, it is up to us to maybe be better. It is up to us to maybe educate other people. Um, another example is something that that I think I do sometimes still that another special needs family might read wrong because they don't know my situation. It's what is it? It's the, the lack of knowledge that, that causes things like anger and stupidity, you know, it's a, well, lack of knowledge, stupidity. Hello. Um, (laughs) That one seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? But it's, it's, it's I'm out in public and I see another special needs family, but I don't have Hudson with me. I'm just I'm just out at the grocery store, and I of course I'm going to notice, and I'll probably catch myself. Well, I, I have I've caught myself staring, and I know that I can see that look in the eye of this other family. Of oh, there's another person freaking staring at us, you know, like I'm so sick of people staring at us when we're out in public, you know, like, and if I can recognize it, if I find the opportunity, if I feel like it's the right time, then I'm, then I'm like, hey, hi, you know, hey, my daughter has special needs. It's nice to, you know, I'm just, just saying hi. Sorry, I didn't want to come off like I was staring, you know, and I, and I found myself being able to, to do that, to be, to be confident in that situation. But, but it's a lesson in knowing that just because somebody's out there and they're staring at you doesn't mean that they mean any harm by it. It means maybe they're just curious. They don't know. And that it is, we are different. Our lives are different from other people. We're, we're just out there and it's going to happen. And it's on us to realize that, that, that we, the the onus is on us to, to say something or to just, grin and bear it and and handle it. So you just have to remember people just don't know what they don't know. And it's kind of up to us to forgive, right? It's not up to them to be better. 
if they don't know how to be better. So, um, yeah, so so that I guess that's all I'm going to talk about today is just just remember to forgive people because I don't think people mean us any harm when we're out in public. They're just they're just curious and just you know do your best to to be nice about it and say hey yeah hey you know hi how are you are you curious about my son are you curious about my daughter are you curious about my condition you know here it is and I think a lot of us have learned how to do that but. You know, maybe we got to be reminded sometimes. So that's why I decided to make today's podcast. So I think that's probably going to do it for now. I'm going to remind you guys that to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. So go be somebody's world. And uh, I think that's going to be a wrap, guys. So thanks for listening again, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. (laughs) Ha ha ha.